time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is Sunday, and Sunday we reserve for Niners football talk. Uh, whether it's in season, out of season, doesn't matter. Um, it's funny, you know, my son's on his um, spring break. And I don't know if this is a good day or a bad day, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to take him skiing next week, which I'm really, really excited about. But I have to plan these trips around uh, these episodes because I, I do, I do not want to go a Sunday without a show. Uh, we'll see what happens on Easter. Uh, the wife and the powers will test me, but uh, we'll figure something out. Maybe I'll pre-record something. But I want us to be able to hang out and just be together uh, on these Sundays. You know, I, I understand we've got a while till the season starts, but there's still so much stuff going on. Draft is, you know, just over under a month away now. Um, lots of questions coming out, all that stuff. Love all the hashtag CCs for the countdown crew coming in on the live show. I freaking love it. Um, and as always, what's up, Shot Jay? He says, welcome, faithful and guests. Like, subscribe, Patreon. I love it. Show your support on the way in and kick back for the show. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. Now, I, I will say this. Um, one, congrats. Uh, we already have a 49ers Rush March Madness winner. Um, just in case you missed it, that's okay. Um, we are giving away a Frank Gore. We did a bracket challenge over on ESPN um, for an autographed Frank Gore jersey. And shout out to my man, Jim B. He already won. The tournament's still going on, but it doesn't matter because – this is the craziest year ever. Um, he's the only person to get one of the final four UConn. Um, I got fifth when Texas lost. I was out, but that's okay. Um, so shout out to Jim B. Uh, we're going to be doing a draft competition over there on Patreon as well. Um, where I'm going to create like a mock draft uh, thing where you pick the first round, which is going to be interesting. Or maybe I'll do something with the uh, Niners. I did that last year too. And I'll think about that because I'd care more if it's Niner centric. I might say like everybody pick five players that you think the Niners will draft um, and a tiebreaker and we'll see who can get the most or something along those lines. Uh, anyway, we'll figure that out. But we're, uh, congrats to Jim B. I'll be mailing your jersey out um, here in the next few days. Um, and on Patreon, man, we loaded a bunch of content this week. Just in the past few days, we did a University of Cincinnati breakdown, which has two draft-eligible wide receivers, Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker, um, and two draft-eligible tight ends, Josh Weil, one of my favorite players, and Leonard Taylor, who's a tight end slash fullback, day three prospect, Fits the Niners big time. They already met with them. Um, we'll see there. We did a Purdue breakdown with a little bit of pain, Durham tape, um, and wide receiver Charles, Charlie Jones. And Ole Miss. Oh, Ole Miss was fun. Uh, one of my favorite players in this draft. Wide receiver Jonathan Minko and guard Nick Broker. So if you're wanting to know more about these draft people, guess what? We got you. Uh, just head over there as soon as you sign up. You get everything. Um, and today what we're going to be doing, I got a couple questions I want to answer. And also, uh, questions in the chat, if you guys have something you want to talk about, just go ahead and tag me. I'm flying solo today. Um, so just put at John on there. That way I can see it. Bro Montana, always following directions. He says, John, thank you for not doing an April Fool's show uh, while wearing Seahawk get up. Oh, man, I would never do that. I did do a fantasy uh, April Fool's fantasy football joke in my league where I traded away my asset to uh, you know one of the other top contenders uh, just to piss everybody off. We did like three trades in a row. And people got really, really upset in our group chat. Then we undid them. But no, I got you guys. Uh, you, you, we're good. We good. I ain't I ain't wearing no Seahawks stuff. I ain't doing no Seahawks stuff. That, that ain't me. That's just not who I am. Um, Tommy says, yeah, what happened to Mavs? I'm sporting my Mavs shirt today. You support your team even when they suck. Uh, not going to the playoffs. I, they might have a chance, but it, they're, it's, they're not going to do anything. This year sucks. Yeah, it sucks. But... That doesn't change the fact that they're your team. Uh, it's what it is. Uh, long live Luca. I don't know what else to say there. So this episode questions. Yeah, I've got a couple that have been submitted on Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, things like that. But also, it is time. We are finally to the point. I asked everybody a while ago, what should we call the 
people in the draft that we are higher on than everybody else, the rush team. And there were so many great options. There were literally five or six great things that we could have gone with. Um, a lot of like, what was it? Chapman's champs and like all this kind of stuff. We, I decided to go with rush crush. Um, that's what's up. Bobby T you can see it at the name of the, the show. Um, thank you, Bobby T because it's a team. It's not just me. Like I, I I'm bad about, I want everybody to feel included because other people are working their tail ends off on this stuff. It's not just me. Used to be just me. And so it used to be, you know, Chapman's draft book or whatever, but I, I want to move away from that. Um, it, it's the 49ers rush team and family, which I absolutely love. So we're going to be sharing some of our skill position rush crushes. These are guys that we are higher on or that we like way more than consensus. Not necessarily all 49ers fits, but most of them tend to be. Uh, I think they're fits for almost any team. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Look at Kyle. He says, man, if we do not get Mingo, then we had a bad draft. I freaking love this dude. And I listen to all the draft shows. I read all the draft content, but I watch the film and I'm telling you, Whew, yeah, Jonathan Mingo's a rush crush. You already know that. You already know. You already know. Um, Bobby T says, did you see Kittle at WrestleMania clothesline The Miz last night? Let me just say a couple things. Not the biggest wrestling guy, um, which, you know, 10-year-old John Chapman would beat up 40-year-old John Chapman for saying that. I was big in wrestling back in the day. My dad took me, I was, almost don't even remember it. I saw Andre the Giant and the Killer Bees. Uh, so just to reference how old I am. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of got out of the wrestling scene. But the people that love it, I love it. it you know, it's I'm not one of those people that's just like a hardcore hater. It's just not for me. Um, but I did see the clip of Kittle just going off where the tight end U University. I don't even know who the Miz is. So like that reference, I, I assume that's the guy he hit. Um, but yeah, it, George Kittle's the coolest guy that exists. Yeah, he's sitting there next to his wife Claire, uh, two of the nicest people ever, and just living their dream, man. And I, how do I say this? One of my, there's a few things that I really like about people. Okay, number one, do you help others? Right, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what your job is, whether you're a teacher, podcaster, trash service, whatever, it doesn't matter. Do you want to help other people? Do you want to have fun? And do you enjoy your life? And if the answer to any of those are no, I hope you are pursuing trying to get positives on those things. Help others, have fun, enjoy your life, enjoy your work. And if you don't enjoy your work, man, we live in one of the craziest times where you can. I am talking about football. <laughs> in April about the 49ers happiest man alive um and I do understand I how lucky I am you know this is episode 817 817 now we didn't start going full-time till literally not even a full year of just doing this full-time I, I had to do this for six years part-time as I was coaching and teaching and doing all these other things to where we could get to this point so it, Back to the state, Kittle. I freaking love Kittle. Like, what does he want? He he's WWE to the nine, and he has found a way with his personality and his platform to inject himself in that, and it just makes me happy. Am I going to watch WWE? No, but uh, I see Kittle on there li living his childhood dream and just being so happy. Uh, I freaking love it. Um, I love it. And <laughs> um, anyway, take that for what you want. Um, Tommy. Oh, he says uh, Chapman. Mostert calling out Shanahan and JT O'Sullivan. Two separate things. I love Raheem Mostert. Love him. Amazing human. Um, but yeah, he has talked about his time with the 49ers. Um, and he put out there, you know, first it started with Tyreek saying, I don't remember what he put on there, but man, imagine if blah, 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 blah. I don't know, whatever. Something about the Chiefs losing their Super Bowl last year or something. And Mostert, quote, tweeted that and said, I wish we would have ran the ball two more times in the fourth quarter against y'all. And yeah, I am the biggest Kyle Shanahan fan there is. Okay. But that doesn't mean he doesn't deserve criticism. I, I've been very adamant. It, it's funny because people are always like, oh, John Chapman, just positive everything. No, that's the, I, I don't think they watch or listen to the show. Um, I love Kyle Shanahan. He's a top four coach in the NFL for me. Top four, top four. But that doesn't mean he's perfect. 
my biggest issue, probably my number one complaint all time of Kyle Shanahan, is that Raheem Mostert got zero touches in the first quarter of the Super Bowl. That was after one of the greatest playoff runs in the history of any running back ever. You remember that game with 220 yards, four touchdowns, whatever, um, in the NFC Championship? And then your game plan is no touches in the first quarter. I didn't like that. I thought he should have ran the ball you know, up you know, two possessions in the fourth. That's what Mostert was referencing. I don't know. I don't see that as like taking a bunch of shots at Shanahan, but I mean, he was the play caller. So I get that the game was relatively mismanaged. Um, I, I didn't like that either, but also guess what? Play calling didn't make the defense give up 21 points in less than seven minutes. So it, it's never a, this is the one thing. Some things piss us off more than others and we can focus on those things. And yeah, rightfully so. That's why we love sports, right? Because you can always go back and just like have these conversations. Oh, what if this one thing? Ah, but it's it's a myriad of issues. And the defense, I, I thought the defense was was number one. I mean, 21 points in seven minutes. I don't think that has to do with a lot that's going on out there. Now, the JTL Sullivan thing was weird. And I'm not, a, I don't know. I think that he does good work, JTL, but. It was just weird. He did an April Fool's thing where he's interviewing himself and one of himself is Kyle Shannon because they look alike. And it was just weird. Uh, I clicked on it because I assumed it was actually an interview, JTL Sullivan for Kyle Shanahan. And like 30 seconds in, I was like, dude, this is just like grossed me out a little bit. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I didn't like that too much, but I know a lot if, if – I didn't know if it was supposed to be comedy or not because it didn't come across as funny. It came across just as like weird. Um, anyway, whatever. I, I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy it. But uh, yeah, that's right, baby. Living the dream. Uh, thank you, Bobby T. I appreciate that. So anyway, take those for what you will. Again, criticize is always. Critique is important. I, I got an email Last week, I don't remember who it was. I won't put their name out there. They're like, John, why do you interrupt your guests so much? And I was like, oh, I was like, this is this is kind of who I am. It's who I've always been. Like, I don't want to change topics until we finish a topic, right? So if we're talking about, I don't know, defensive line, and then somebody transitions to secondary play, talking about Wayne or BD Peacock. We had a lot of guests on the show last week. Like, I want to finish that D-line conversation before we go elsewhere, but it's something I got to work on. Um, and I appreciate that email. And whenever if I'm doing something that bothers you or you don't like, you know, feel free. Constructive criticism is a good thing. Doesn't mean I'm going to take it to effect. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I want to get better. Uh, that That's that's what I want. Uh, <laughs> Shachay says, don't feel bad. I interrupt you plenty. It's just like three gerbils running full speed on three different wheels in my head, man. Uh, it's just what it is. It's what it is. And that's okay. Uh, Big Papa says, that's kind of your job. <laughs> it, it is a little bit, right? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I don't want to be disrespectful to those. And I hope it doesn't come across that way. Um, now, real quick, a question that came across on Instagram. If you're not following us on Instagram, Eric is killing it. Uh, he's the absolute best. He's posting content like a crazy person over there. Um, Camille says this. I'm all for going. Offensive tackle and cornerback early in the draft for the Niners. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't be shocked if they go wide receiver first. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Now, last year, we saw a similar thing. They go t uh, Ty Davis Price first. Everybody got upset. 
Then they went Danny Gray. Everybody loved it, right? Um, yeah, we're talking about the third round. So Drake Jackson, second round, Ty Davis Price, then Danny Gray. Man, we were live in Vegas at a brewery recording for the draft. And I'm pretty sure it's in, you know, my YouTube stuff or whatever, but people got pissed. Like people were mad whenever they took Ty Davis Price in the third round. They were mad. Um and we'll see. I, and I understand the entire like man Trey Sermon vibes and all that stuff. I don't think Ty Davis Price even fits in that category. I think they like him. Do I think that they will also draft another running back? I do. Um, this draft is loaded with them. But wide receiver first, I think it makes a lot of sense. This draft is weird, okay? Here's what I mean whenever I say this. Oh, real quick before I get into the weird talk. I got to thank you, Jose Torres. Appreciate the super chat. Uh, the JT video shows how Kyle can't take criticism. I, I mean, Kyle wasn't in there, but yeah, that's fair. I, I didn't finish it. I, I felt I I felt it was cringy. And so I was like, yeah. And yeah, Kyle deserves criticism. There's no, every single head coach deserves criticism. All of them do. Um, and yeah, Kyle is interesting because it just, you know, he, he's, he puts off a vibe. There's no doubt about it. And that's okay. Not a bad thing. Again, top four coach for me. He, he's, he's top four coach in the NFL. Uh, he's that damn good. But does he deserve criticism? Yes. The JTL Sullivan thing? I don't know. Uh, just wasn't my style. That's okay. I hope somebody else watched it and loved it. Uh, that's a good thing. Um, and, yeah, he might have had some great points. Uh, dude knows what he's talking about. Wasn't a good player. Terrible player. But doesn't mean uh, not good at what he does. QB school is pretty great. I, I think he he does a heck of a job. So, um, But, yeah, it's just not for me. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Now, this draft, okay, if we're just looking at wide receivers this year, okay, it's so weird. They are the smallest group of wide receivers, physically, the smallest group of wide receivers ever combined. And, and this is a testament to how the college football landscape is changing so dramatically. Like, if you just look at, you know, my wide receivers, okay, or any wide receivers, Jackson Smith and, and Jigba, tiny. Zay Flowers, tiny. Jalen Hyatt, he's you know 5'11", but scrawny. Jordan Addison, tiny. Nathan Dale, tiny, right? Tyler Scott, tiny. Like, Josh Downs, tiny. There's just so many just shrunk guys. Like, 170 wide receivers. And it's weird. It's really, really weird because there's just so many of them. And in college, you know, whatever – Shout out to the late, um, oh my gosh, his name's going to be right off. Oh my gosh, I see his face. Uh, was that Mississippi State, Washington State, uh, Texas Tech? Oh my gosh, um, the air raid offense. This this is going to drive me crazy. I, I, I cannot believe I'm forgetting his name. Somebody throw it in the chat. One of the hilarious, the pirate just passed away this recent year. Absolutely amazing. Um, gosh, anyway, the air raid offense. I'm sure somebody's going to throw it in the chat. I cannot believe I'm forgetting this dude's name. Uh, he's hilarious. I've watched his videos. Mike Leach. Ah, there it is. I got it on my own. Uh, Mike Leach. There it is. Coming across the chat now. There we go. Whenever he started showing, man, you know, he goes into Texas Tech and showed, you know, Texas Tech doesn't get the best players unless, you know, Patrick Mahomes was there and you just have a terrible coach like what's his face that just got fired from Arizona and you can barely go 500 with Patrick Mahomes in college, but whatever. Mike Leach showed, man, just give me athletes that nobody else wants to recruit. I'll put them in space, and we'll freaking run up the score. And it worked. And college football has run with that. So in the past where you had all these skinny little dudes that couldn't make it, they say, come on, give them to me. I'll find ways to put them in space, and I'll just let them do their thing. That hasn't found its way to the NFL just yet. It's trickling in. And you see guys like Devontae Smith have a lot of success. Now, there's always been that small slot type, right? Uh, just think the Patriots. They kind of nailed this one with Danny Woodhead, Julian Edelman, right? Th that whole type of small, little, tough, great route runner. If you want one of those this draft, you got 20. There's 20 of those guys. However, you look at the 49ers, 
they don't like the small little shifty dudes. We had Trent Taylor back in the day, and I'm glad that he's like on his third contract now with Cincinnati as a punt returner. That's awesome. We have Ray Ray McLeod, but if you look at Ray Ray, he's small. He ain't little. You know what I mean? Like he's jacked. That dude is solid muscle hamster. And there's a couple of those guys in this draft, but a lot of these guys just literally fall down Tyler Lockett style uh, after the catch. 49ers love run after the catch. Jerry Rice literally defined the term yards after catch, the yak, right? We have the yak bros and Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and Juwan. Like that does not transfer here with the 49ers. So when you're looking at this wide receiver class, it's, Man, if the Niners had a first or second round pick, I would. There's no way it would be on a wide receiver. There's no way because it doesn't match up. It doesn't match up. I have four first round grades on wide receivers, and I might change it on my last thing because some of these guys I might bump out. But Quentin Johnson's the only physical guy that's in that list. Wide receiver out of TCU. He's a big dude. Everybody else, tiny, tiny, tiny. It just doesn't fit. So are they first-round wide receivers? Yes, talent-wise, the way I graded them, the way a lot of people grade them. However, that doesn't mean that they're a wide receiver, first-round wide receiver grade for the 49ers. I don't believe that to be true. I don't. Now, once you get to the third round, this draft sucks at the top. I hate to say that. It sucks. My wide receiver one is Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's incredible. One of the best routes Quickest three-code time ever. Like, unbelievable. But, yeah, the 49ers would love to get him. He would be a fit, but they're not going to. He'll be gone. But once you get to the third round, fourth round, fifth round, holy cow, then it gets pretty damn fun. Um, And so there you can get your flavor, your 49ers yak guy, the bigger-bodied yards after the catch, all those things. Those are plentiful in the third, fourth, fifth round. Those guys exist. The wide receiver position, I graded more of those than anywhere else. Um, I did 41 wide receivers graded, 37 edge players, um, and 32 corners. Those are my largest position groups. And that also reflects what the NFL draft does because those are the most drafted positions. Okay, um, so that that's kind of what those look like. So I, I've spent a lot of time on this wide receiver class and, you know, I, I freaking I, I love them. So uh, let's do this. Uh, yeah, I want to kind of shake up the way I was going to do this show. Let's go through my rush crush wide receivers, OK, which I have one, two, three, four. I've got four of them. And again, this is out of 41 guys. I graded 41 guys, and I've got them stacked vertically, round grades, all that stuff. The uh, draft book is already out. So I'm doing two of these bad boys. The John Chapman's NFL draft book, I want to change the name to it. Uh, but we did a, a version one so that people could start to learn about these guys. Uh, 297 pro player profiles, comps, all this kind of stuff, draft write-up stats, PFF scores, everything you could want to know. That's already out. And so if you're on our Patreon, just type in draft book in a little search field that pulls right up. We're doing our final one that will be available April 14th. And so I, I'm working under the wire to get that done. And that's going to include NFL-style big board, um, ranking one through 300 prospects. We've got everything tabulated in an Excel spreadsheet. So if you want to go through and say, yeah, who was the top performer at the three cone this year at the wide receiver position that's over 6'2", you can filter that however you see fit. I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of information uh, that we're going to be sharing. So that's going to be the version 2 draft book with a bunch of little bells and whistles. Uh, every single Patreon member gets that. That's included. Um, that is there. That's coming out April 14th. But the version 1 is already out. Now, my number one rush crush, I've got four out of 41 that I'm that we are higher on than everybody else, right? That's the idea. And it's it's funny because the first one that I want to talk about, I have a second round grade on this guy. Second round grade. Um, and that is Nathaniel Tank Dell out of Houston. Now, he's weird because he fits the 
the small wide receiver conversation, he's 5'8", 165. He's tiny. Little bitty dude. But what makes him different is he's not a slot wide receiver. Can you play him in the slot? Yes. But you would miss his greatest attribute. He is probably maybe not the best, but he's a big play machine that just cannot be stopped at the line of scrimmage. Like, And, and I know whenever we talk about these smaller tough outside wide receivers that are big play guys. Everybody wants to throw out Antonio Brown, and I get that. He's not Antonio Brown. He's way smaller, but he reminds you of him. Is he going to be Antonio Brown? No. Maybe nobody ever will be. Um, But this dude is a big play machine, and his film is just crazy. I have a second round grade on him. Second round. He's my wide receiver six. Um, The Niners met with him. They like him. But man, he's just he's just so fast and explosive and he goes to the senior bowl and just toasted people. People literally falling on the ground corners whenever he's doing off routes. Press coverage, he's wide receivers are lit, or corners are falling to the ground consistently in 101s, in 7 on 7s and on team on team. Whatever I I there's an it factor. You can't measure it. Right, tiny, little bitty dude. He's got eight and five eighths inch hands. Tiny little bitty hands. Doesn't matter. Dude has the best acceleration maybe I've seen in a decade. Um, he ran a one four nine forty uh, ten yard dash. Ten yard dash. That's crazy. Um, he is just so freaking fun. And so, it, like that guy. Ah, man. If he's there in the third round, I would love it. Now, look at this question. Oh, what's up, man? Samra. Appreciate the super chat. He says, given how loaded this roster is, does it make sense to package some of the 11 picks and trade up for high-end talent? The problem with this draft, okay, high-end talent, not a lot of first-round grades. This is a down draft as far as first-rounders go. Like, I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. However, once you get into that second, third round, that's where this draft is just freaking fire. You're going to be able to get some quality guys at 99, 101, and 102. Now, once we get to the background, fifth rounders, right? We have one six and four sevenths. That's where you're getting these project guys. Now, remember, the Niners drafted nine guys last year. Eight made the roster. The only one that didn't was Tariq Castro-Fields. Everybody else found a spot. Niners currently, I think they have 64 players on their roster. They've got to get to 90. There's room for 11. Now, are there room for 11 on the initial 53? That's the question. The issue is the 49ers continue this red shirt philosophy where they draft a guy, sit him, then bring him back the following year. Um, again, if you just look at, you know, I want to pull this up just so I could be 100% honest, um, accurate, probably a better word. Um you know, if we look at the draft just this this recent year for the 49ers, okay, and we say, all right, what's the plan? Again, you got to look at reverse to see where we're at now. Drake Jackson, I think that's pretty clear. You know, shined early, wore, wore down late. Now he's projected starter. Danny Gray. If Trey Lance is playing, he's got a role. If he's not, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like with Brock Purdy. Sam Darnold, yeah, I get it. Darnold can throw the ball deep. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But he didn't play that much. I think he had one catch, right? Ty Davis-Price didn't play that much. He had 34 carries, 99 yards. He's going to be in the rotation. And, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Spencer Burford, oh, my gosh, started week one. Incredible. Samuel Womack started week one, lost his job. Now he's the utility backup for the entire corner class. Outside corner, outside corner, nickel corner. If one guy goes down, Womack steps in. Tariq Castro-Field, sixth round, didn't make it. Kalia Davis, literally red-shirted last year with his ACL. That was the plan. Now he's in the D-line rotation and just gets to come in and do spot duty, which is perfect for him. Nick Zakil, sixth rounder. Healthy scratch, healthy scratch, healthy scratch. Backs up the interior offensive lineman. Will he be... You know, is John Valenciano that now? Is he going to compete with that? Is he going to be the number two guy as the backup? We'll see. And then Brock Purdy. Uh, <laughs> then Brock Purdy. Um, that's a whole nother unbelievable story. I love Brock Purdy so much. Um, so 
your question, Samra. I I want those throws. You look at it and you say, okay, the Niners made nine picks. Eight out of nine guys made the roster. Ah, oh, they whiffed on one of those. I don't think that's a wasted pick. You don't know until you get the guys in. You have an idea. Draft's crapshoot. The fact that eight out of nine made the roster that was in the NFC Championship and got back to the NFC Championship, I like that. How many of those 11? If you were going to tell me eight out of the 11 make the 53, I'd be like, hell yes. Does trading up ensure that? I don't know. I'd rather have what would be better. Let me let me rephrase it this way. Use 11 picks, eight guys make the roster, or trade up, seven guys make the roster out of nine. You see what I'm saying? Now, there's no like determining factor that that will happen or won't happen, but I want dart throws. This team, if they have done anything amazingly well, is finding talent in day three. To trade up, you're going to have to lose some of those day three picks. And if you look to the future, man, next year they are loaded with draft value. I mean, they have their first round pick, second round pick, third round pick, plus two additional third round comp picks. That's going to be five picks before our first pick this year, next year. I wouldn't be shocked if they trade some of that into this capital to st to stay with your answer, Samra. Maybe add a third-round pick next year to a third-round pick this year to jump up. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. I want those 11 swings. If you lose a couple, that's cool. If there's somebody that you just really, really love that falls, we'll see. Um, we'll see. I like that question. Uh, it's, it's a very, very good question. I like it. Um, and right here, Big Papa says, you know, if we package all three of our thirds, uh, we can get to pick 61 by the numbers. I do not want to do that. I would 100% prefer 99, 101, 102 over the single pick 61. Yeah, that's, that's gross to me. That's gross to me. Um, I, I would hate that trade, but if somebody falls that they think can can contribute right away, then I get it. Um, but again, that's about where we picked um, what's his name last year, Drake Jackson, around that area. So yeah, I, I would say no on that. Oh, the Godfather, Nicholas Para. What's up, man? We played phone tag yesterday, man. I apologize about that. He says, "Happy Sunday." I love Sundays. Uh, Forty hours family. Thank you for your hard work. Any plans for the draft? Uh, would be great to witness it live with you like last year. Unfortunately, we don't have an pick. I was planning on a whole Kansas City trip. I went to grad school there. The fighting ruse, baby. Um, that that was the idea. But once the Christian McCaffrey trade happened, which I'm super pumped about, it was like I ain't. <laughs> People aren't flying to Kansas City and what a party throat and all that kind of stuff. Those things are expensive, and you know, unfortunately, you got to kind of like make money to to do this i can't lose money <laughs> um and so yeah it, it was bummed but uh nicholas i am planning on and working on a soft shell uh, i'm gonna be live the whole draft i'm gonna be live the whole draft not just me i want to get some guests on wayne some other people um you know even in the first round where the niners don't have a pick we're gonna be live right here I'm going to bring a bunch of different people because we got stuff to cover the NFC West, you know, who falls, who's available, all that kind of stuff. So I want to be live the entire, the draft is my baby. Um, that's it's my baby. The amount of time we put into it ever since I was a kid, the draft was my baby. So I want us to have a place, even though we don't have a pick, I want to create a space where we can come and watch the draft, observe the draft, analyze the draft through a 49ers perspective. Th that's the plan. I would rather be in person. I love Kansas City. I was going to kill that barbecue. I had a place reserved for us to throw parties at, uh, but uh, it just fell apart, sadly. And um, that's all right uh, without the picks. Next year, we're going to be there. Next year, we're going to be there. Uh, that's that's all that there is to it. So um, <laughs> uh, we'll take that for what it is. Now, let's talk back about this, this wide receiver class, right? So some more rush crushes. Now, Tank Dell, tiny, tiny, and not everybody's cup of tea. People are going to be all over the place on him, and I totally understand that. Don't have a problem with it. But the guy that I have right behind him, I have a third-round grade on him, but, you know, he's only one spot below Nathaniel Dell, right? Dell is my six. 
this guy's my seventh, but I have a second to third round drop. And that is Tennessee wide receiver, probably not the one you're thinking of. The other one, Cedric freaking Tillman out of Tennessee. This guy, he's he's a contested catch, big-bodied receiver, 6'3", 213. He's a little older, 23 years old. Dude, just physical, physical, body control, tough, tough, tough. Uh, elite, power-forward type player, absolutely fun. Just plucks the ball out of the air. It runs through corners, just smash-mouth football mindset. Tough, tough, tough. And like it's funny, like he's not a separation guy. Um, and yeah, you know, his yards after the catch, they're all right. That's that's not what he is. He just is a chain mover, and he is just big, 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 big. It's so freaking fun um to watch him go out there and play. And so every time I watch a game, because you know, Jalen Hyatt's the big name in Tennessee, and they got a lot of guys. Uh, their quarterback, Hendon Hooker, you know, their offense was about as fun as it could possibly be. Just freaking throw vertical, vertical, vertical. They're fun offense. But then every time I'm watching Jalen Hyatt or I'm watching Hendon Hooker or I'm watching, you know, somebody else, I can't stop focusing on Cedric Tillman. He's huge, and he's just an energy player that just kept things moving. J- just workhorse beast over the middle you want a big slot guy that dude has it in spades man um you know Jawan jennings last year of his deal are they gonna resign him long term i don't know they let kendrick Bourne go brought in somebody here i've got a third round grade on tillman he fits this he fits this team bully ball he fits um he, he's he's a fun guy now the reason why i have him in the third round is because guess what like Kind of a one-trick pony type of guy, but his trick works. And on top of that, his dad, Cedric Tillman, played for the Broncos back in the day. Guess who was with the Broncos back in the day? Yeah, you guessed it. Uh, the Shanahan loyalty program will always continue. Um, on top of that, guess who he is mentored by currently? Jawan Jennings. They were together at Tennessee. Uh, he's been helping up through this draft process. There's just a lot there that makes sense with Cedric Tillman where, man, you could draw a lot of parallels, a lot of parallels. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I really do like this guy, Jonathan Mingo, who, you know, we've talked about kind of ad nauseum six, one, two I saw somebody ask the question. I missed it. I apologize. Do you think that Mingo could step in for Debo in a year or two? He's Debo esque. There, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I'm not playing. Here it is right here. Kyle says, can Mingo replace Debo in the future? I don't know if anybody can replace Debo. There, there's one of one. There's one Debo. The, the next closest thing is probably A.J. Brown, but they're a different type of game. Um, you know, Brown's more of a true receiver, but same size. But guess where A.J. Brown played at, right? Yeah, Ole Miss. It's like, he fits this mold. 6'1", 220, he's huge. He's huge. Uh, it just kind of does everything. Amazing deep threat. That's the thing that I would say Mingo does better than Debo. He is a deep threat machine with the NFL running back body. Um, and so Niners met with him as well. Just catch and run, man. Impressive blocker, quarterback's best friend, like, yeah, he does a lot. Now, he doesn't run the full route tree yet, which Ole Miss never asked them to do. You can go back and look again at, you know, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown. Like, they just don't ask their guys to do that. It is, again, Mike Leach-esque, you know, post, vertical, slant, stop route, like hitch route. Like, that. that's just what they do. And so, can he replace Debo? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think anybody is. Um, I don't think anybody will. But and right here, Nick, thank you. He said a lot of people soured on Debo because he didn't have the biggest year. He was the key. Every single defense. Y'all remember the Ray Ray McLeod touchdown that went untouched for 70-plus yards? Why was that? Shanahan even said after the game, the defense is key on Debo whenever he's in. Wherever Debo goes, two guys are you know focusing their attention on Debo every single time. You put in Ray Ray, all of a sudden, they start going back to their old tendencies. Every team's job is to stop Debo Samuel. 
And a big reason why CMC got all that he got was, guess what? CMC was always the focus in Carolina. Now he's part of an offense where everybody's focusing on something else. That's where it opens up. Kittle, 11 touchdowns. Ayuk, 1,000 yards. Why did you think those things happened? They happened because of Debo. You remove Debo from that equation, guess what? A lot easier for defenses to kind of come up and guard these guys. That's Those are the things that kind of get weird, right? And, and you watch it, it's just like, hmm. It, it makes sense. And you know what? Shout out to Brandon Ayuk. I'll play this clip from back in the day. Um, this was this season. Later in the season, about the 49ers offense, and this is so true. I think yesterday we were talking, we were in the back of the room talking, we're just going through our openers, and one of our plays was getting it to George or McCaffrey was the first read. We wanted to get him on a kind of like a choice route. Um, and you just hear Kyle say, All right, Brock, come, we coming out here, we're looking at McCaffrey. He's gonna, he's running a choice route. If McCaffrey's not there, come to the other side. And George is running the same thing on the other side. Kittle's running the same thing on the other side. And I just looked at Hank and Debo and I said, Hey, nobody gonna like. It's really on us. Like nobody gonna be able to stop us. Like it's really on us. Um, we got too many dudes. We got. I, don't, I feel bad for anybody who got a who got a game plan against us. But at the end of the day, we still gotta do what we gotta do. Um, take care of our business, and we will be just fine. Yeah, that's what it is. And you know, I'll say this too. Thank you, Big Papa. He says, you know, you have five or six targets. It's gonna get spread around. Doesn't mean you had a bad year. If you were looking for twenty twenty one to be replicated. 1,770 total yards, right? That wasn't going to happen. The great Jerry Rice did it once. Once. Terrell Owens, Hall of Famer, top three wide receiver all time, did it zero times. Zero times in his whole entire career. So, like, if your assumption was Debo is going to come back and do 1,700-plus total yards each year, that was never going to happen. Jerry Rice did it once. Tio <laughs> did it no times. Now, you know, again, let me just open up Debo's stat line because it wasn't great this year. Like, okay, like let's be honest on both sides of the spectrum. Were you expecting a 1,770 yard season? That's insane. He had 864 total yards this year. That's downplayed. Now, he did miss some games. He played in 13 games. And if you look at, you know, his total yards um, per game or whatever it is that you want, you know, factor all that stuff in. Yeah, he would have passed a thousand total yards if he would have played all the games, whatever else. But man, that dude, they keyed on him so freaking much. He had 42 rush yards for 232 yards, three touchdowns. But man, you look at the first downs, like he just got so many first downs. He was responsible for 33 first downs. Now you look at what he did the previous year. All right, that's pretty bananas. 51 first downs in the passing game, 21 first downs in the running game. But it took people to figure out how to stop it, right? Debo was all you had in 2021. That's all you had. Running back, wide receiver, returner, he was doing everything. Well, defense has learned. Six-man front, we're keying everything on Debo. You know, you got to beat us some other way. And then that was replicated, and that's a big reason why Purdy had so much success. That's a big reason why Jimmy G had so much success in 2022 was because, man, they're focusing everything on Debo. So Kittle, Ayuk, that's just the way it goes. It's it's chess, not checkers. Nick, thank you again, man. He says, with all our weapons on offense, what kind of numbers do we need from our quarterback to get the number one seed in the NFC yards, touchdowns, et cetera? My favorite thing um, about the 49ers last year was our interceptions, uh, touchdown to interception ratio. So, for example, all three of the quarterbacks combined, Trey Lance, um, Jimmy G, Brock Purdy, they had 30 touchdowns passing, nine interceptions. That's great. And to put that into perspective, that's the fourth most passing touchdowns, okay? Um, and let me just make sure I'm on the right. Yeah, 22. So that, that accounts for the fourth most team passing touchdowns and interceptions third best. So when you have this positive touchdown to interception ratio, gosh, you're going to put up a lot of points. Uh, 49ers were sixth in scoring. Um, I think they were like 13th in scoring when Brock Purdy took over. So again, if you're that Brock camp or whatever, like, man, 
averaging almost 30 points a game is pretty damn special in the NFL. So they went from 13th, which is kind of average, to freaking 6th. That's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. So I want to focus on the touchdown-to-interception ratio much more than yards. Um, Man, if if the 49ers with Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, whomever, can be at that 2.5 to 1, like 30 to 1 is 3 to 1 with a little extra juice. But if they could be, you know, 30 touchdowns to, you know, 14 or 15, that would be interceptions. I'd sign up for that right now. If you were to say, John Chapman, the 49ers are going to average 30, they're going to have 30 touchdown passes in the regular season with 15 interceptions. I'm going to say, boop, 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 boop. I'm going to sign that up right now. Um, because again, the strength of this team doesn't need to be the quarterback position. It doesn't. Jimmy Garoppolo has averaged below a two to one touchdown to interception ratio with his time for the Niners before last year. Now that you have CMC, you got all these other pieces, man, you give me a two to one. I'm going to be okay. Now the NFC took some major back steps, major back steps, major, major. Um, and that's, that's key because the Niners got better. Ah, you look at the money that they lost with Jimmy G and Mike McGlinchey and the three defensive ends they lost. It hurts. It hurts. But do, what does Javon Hargrave make up? Jimmy G wasn't going to start on this team even if he was resigned. He wasn't going to. Um, I don't know. I'm sure somebody's out there upset by what I just said. Probably shouldn't have said that. But I, I don't think he would have. He didn't start last year, right? He was there. Javon Hargrave's difference maker. Now, if they can get somebody at the end position to step up, that's probably the biggest question mark on this team. Right tackle, McGlinchey was great in the middle of the season. Um, at the start of the season, struggled. Playoffs struggled. So, so we'll see. We'll, we'll kind of see how that's going to be. Uh, yeah, Brian says at least two to one touchdown to turnovers. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, good to see you, Brian. So uh, let's go back now. Let's let's talk about another wide receiver uh, that I really really like that perhaps you have not heard of. Ooh, this this is a deep dive right here. Wide receiver out of Kansas State. I really really like this kid, and I have had him circled for a long time. His name is Malik Knowles. Um, went to the combine, didn't work out. Most people aren't even talking about this kid. Um, I've seen him as an undrafted free agent. I've seen him as a seventh rounder, sixth rounder, fifth rounder. I have a fifth round grade on him. Malik Knowles out of Kansas State, 6'2", 193. He's fun, man. Again, now I'm a Longhorn, so I'm a Big 12 guy. So I follow Big 12 very, very close. This guy has terrorized the Big 12 for three straight years. He is just really, really, really good. Now, he's an electric playmaker that just get him the freaking ball. Just get him the ball. Um, you know, they had Deuce Vaughn, who was, you know, the running back, which was awesome. Malik Knowles is the second biggest playmaker on that team. Just get him the ball. Returner, jet sweeps, screens, whatever else. He fits exactly the yak mentality, electric playmaker, outside wide receiver, smooth routes. Now... He didn't um, compete at the combine. He couldn't do a lot of the things. He had a nagging injury. So I, I don't know what his 40 is. I don't know. But I'm telling you right now, this dude can freaking play. Um, he's just, he could play and he fits. And he's just, there, there's, there's a market for this. Where is he going to fall? I have a fifth round grade on him. I don't know the injuries. I don't know how he's going to interview. But man, I'm telling you right now, day three pick. If Niners can land this guy, fifth, sixth, seventh round, Malik Knowles, I freaking love him, man. I, I, I'm just telling you right now, he is fun. Capital F U N, baby. Um, now, a couple other questions. Jared S from Twitter. What's up, Jared? He says, Can NFL's quarterbacks develop stronger arms throughout their league? Um, or whenever they get into the league, are they just set? Talking about Brock Purdy. Your arm's not going to get much stronger at that point. Um, especially if you were somebody like a Brock Purdy who, you know, four years playing major D1 football, Mr. Arizona, all that kind of stuff and football, whatever else. Now, there are things that you can fix. Faster release, more torque, right, from your midsection core, strength, um, you know, your, your, your throwing motion, talking Trey Lance, 
right? You can correct those things. The problem is it doesn't happen very often. It really, really doesn't. You can speed it up. You can make it quicker. You can clean it up. Usually don't get a lot stronger. Now, the UCI surgery and all that kind of stuff makes it even harder to do so. Um, but he is young, 23 years old, Brock Purdy. I don't think it's going to get much stronger. I really, really don't. Uh, there's only so many, you know, Dak Prescott hip checks <laughs> that you can do to kind of get strong, um, you know, to strengthen all that. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Big Papa says Purdy worked with baseball players last year, added five miles an hour to his football pass. Yeah, so, like, quickness. Yes. Quickness and form. Yes. Arm strength, a little bit different. Like everybody thinks, okay, couple, couple things here at the combine, they put the quarterbacks like five yards in front of this thing and they throw it as hard as they can. And it gives you a miles per hour, right? Which big Papa is referencing that matters. That matters. But guess what? That's not the measure of arm strength. It's not. What is the measure at the combine in arm strength? Does anybody know? What drill do they do to measure arm strength? It, it, very simple. And, and so, like, everybody thinks it's the deep ball and all that stuff, which I guess if you want to measure, like, how far they can throw it, that's one thing. Th that's not even a – John Chapman's chubby self can throw the ball 60 yards. I can. I have done it before. Uh, we did a punt-pass-kick competition to determine um, – <laughs> Uh, to determine our draft order in our fantasy league one year. I did get first place, by the way, just, you know, a little flex there, but like I can throw the ball. Well, I can kick the ball relatively well as well, uh, but that does not measure arm strength. I do not have a strong arm. You just have to have like a certain amount of form and all that stuff. Arm strength is measured when you're on the opposite hash, the deep out that's arm strength. Okay. That's what they do at the, the combine. They put the ball on the right hash, Right. And then they put the wide receiver out, and they do a 15-yard out. Because you are throwing, I don't know the term, it's it's diagonally across the field against players that can undercut that route. Because if you don't have arm strength, that's where the interceptions happen. That's where they happen. Now, the deep ball that Brock Purdy has, it's not bad. We did have to see, you know, Brandon Ayuk stop and come back, still scored a touchdown on one of his touchdown passes. But that's just not where he's going to be. That's not where he's going to succeed. So whenever you're talking about somebody like Danny Gray, who I mentioned earlier, I don't know. Um, I don't know what Danny Gray's future is going to be. If Brock Purdy's the long-term quarterback, which I would be fine with, I, I I don't know. And so whenever I'm going through this draft, I'm like, golly, if, if you're legitimately just sticking with Brock Purdy, if that's the plan, you don't draft somebody like a Jalen Hyatt that's just a pure deep threat downfield. You might not even draft somebody like Tank Dale. You're taking away this best. Purdy ain't doing 50-yard bombs. Can he throw the ball 50 yards? Yes, that's just not his game, right? Everybody wanted to give Jimmy Garoppolo a hard time for not throwing the deep ball, but then you look at the Super Bowl, right? He overthrew 55-plus yards, right? Emmanuel Sanders, like he could throw it that far. It's just not his game. Trey Lance, rocket arm, guess what? Part of his game is throwing the deep ball. You go back and watch his highlights um, at North Dakota State to Christian Watson. You can watch the preseason touchdown to Danny Gray, right? The, you have to have the arm and you have to have the game. Sometimes people don't have both, and that's kind of the, the, the step we're in. Um, but can things improve? Yes. Yes, quickness can improve. Tighter release can improve. Spiral can improve. All those things can improve. I don't know. Not too much movement on the arm power front uh, would be my take. Josh, uh, lady, to uh, appreciate the super chat. He says, is Jackson the answer or do we need to draft another defensive end? Yes and yes. <laughs> um, I do think – I'm very high on – Jackson's athleticism, production when he played, even if he's just going to be a pass rusher, I'm totally cool with that. The issue is in the run game, he was suspect after like six weeks into the season. Uh, Shanahan said the same thing. Like he just lost his play strength, couldn't maintain it. The Niners value, you got to stop the run to earn the right to rush the passer. He couldn't do the first part. 
always good at rushing the passer, was like second in the NFL in tip passes. Like the athleticism's there, got an interception, production's there, the consistency, right? And so for everybody that's like judges Eric Armstead based on his sack numbers, you should love Drake Jackson because they're kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. And the fact that Eric Armstead's elite run defender, and guess what? Pressures are there. Just the sack production level is going to be up and down. That's the opposite for Drake Jackson. Doesn't really stop the run particularly well. Athleticism is there. Play strength was there earlier. Just lost it, lost it, lost it, lost it. Right? Yeah, that, that's the idea. Um, so, yes, I do believe in Drake Jackson. I think he starts week one. But, yes, you also need more defensive ends. It is the shallowest just body position that we have in the draft currently uh, or on the roster currently. It's the shallowest. Whereas last year it was a strength. And so last year, I mean, you look at all the guys that you had, you don't have those guys anymore. Now you got Bosa, you got Drake Jackson, you got Cleveland Farrell, you got Alex Barrett. You need more guys. I don't think the Niners are going to draft one defensive end. I think they're going to draft two. And I think they might bring in two more undrafted free agents on top of that. You are going to influx position. And I think even after the draft, even if they do draft two, I think they will sign another edge guy. Um, very similar to what they did with Kamiko Ture. I, I think they're, again, the last free agent move the Niners made last year was edge, like three days before the draft. I think they're going to do it again. I think another draft, uh, or another edge guy will be signed before the draft. I do. Um, <laughs> Portola, he says, JC, you convinced me we need to keep all our picks. Lots of talent in this draft. The strength of this draft is not at the top. It's not there. You know, everybody's sitting there talking about how great of a tight end class. And man, I, I probably should save this for another show. Um, but I only have one first round tight end. I have four second round tight ends. Um, my only one first round grade is Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. He's freaking amazing um but yeah i've got four second round tight ends and i like all of them like a lot a lot a lot but tight ends weird tight end is weird it's a weird position it's the most difficult to grade so like everybody's like oh this is the deepest tight end class ever i only got one first round grade just one now just because i only have a first round grade doesn't mean some of those guys won't go in the first round i don't have 32 first round grades but uh, this year, it's weird because the Dolphins had a forfeit their first-round pick. There's only 31 first-round picks. So just because 31 guys are going in the first round doesn't mean 31 guys deserve to be first-round picks. Does that make sense? Um, so anyway, uh, and Josh right here, perfect draft not to own a first. If you did own a first and it was in the top 14, then I'm cool with that. If you did own a first and you're 15 to 31, you're kind of getting hosed a little bit. I, I, I truly believe that. Now, doesn't mean they're not going to be stud players there. Like, for example, Sam Laporta, who I adore. He's a rush crush. I don't want to jump too much into it right now. I love him out of Iowa. I got a second round grade on him. Should go in the first round based on what's there. It's not a bad pick. It's just I, I don't think I don't have a first round grade on him. Um, anyway, that, that's the way I see it. Um, real quick, last question or one of the last questions topics before we jump out of here. Mark on Twitter said, you know, going through all the craziness and calming down after, you know, the press conferences and all that stuff, uh, like forget like who goes first and snaps and whatever. Just what is your assessment of Sam Darnold just in general? I really like Sam Darnold. Um, now, whenever I say that, you automatically like, oh, oh, like, okay, hold on. <laughs> I really like Sam Darnold. Do I think he's a top 30 quarterback in the NFL? I don't think so. But do I think that he belongs in the NFL? Yes, I do. Is he a backup quarterback with upside? Yeah, big time. Is he a quarterback three? No way in hell. If you rank Sam Darnold, I don't know. 45, he's the 45th best quarterback in the NFL. Like, I'm being low. I don't I don't have him that low. I haven't done my rankings, but guess what? That is a middle-tier backup quarterback. Well, that's not what he is for the 49ers. You have Trey Lance in whatever order. 
Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, they're one and two, okay? the And again, I talked about this on Wayne Show. Everybody's like, well, they're going to be splitting reps, you know, whatever. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. Kyle Shanahan didn't say they're splitting reps. Kyle Shanahan said they're both going to get first-team reps. Well, guess what? Spoiler alert. Never in the history of the NFL, ever, 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 forever, ever, forever, ever, has the quarterback two never gotten first-team reps in camp. That's never happened. It's happened every single time. 100% of every single training camp ever in the history of the NFL, both guys get first-team reps. That's just what it is. Now, I understand the soundbite, and I understand how people can blow that out of a portion, and boy, did they ever. It's a totally different thing. It's, it's, it's different. Now, and again, if if like I'm seeing right here, uh, <laughs> I, I love the AVI. SMH uh, with a perfect AVI says Darnold, and he makes a sad face. My question to you is this. Off the top of your head, attribute a number where you think Sam Darnold ranks as far as quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Like literally throw that in the chat. Unless you have him ranked 97th and lower, right? 32 teams. He's our quarterback three. Unless you have him ranked 97th or lower, then guess what? He's fine. He's fine. And people are like, oh, I want this guy, this guy, this guy. You can't. <laughs> it's difficult to have three caliber quarterbacks. You look around the NFL, most teams don't even have two let alone one, let alone one. And so it's just, I, I don't know, man. Uh, and we'll see. Maybe maybe John Chapman is wrong. Happens all the time. Wrong. Tra you know, Trey Lance, they give it up on him. And I saw somebody put something out there. I thought it was a joke. Uh, somebody sent it to me. They're like, oh, 49ers are going to trade Trey Lance for, I forget who it was. Oh, Malik Willis. And I was like, no, not what? Help me understand that. <laughs> I don't I don't understand that, but maybe that'll happen. Maybe Trey Lance is going to get traded for Malik Willis. Um, I don't remember who sent it to me. Somebody sent it to me. Uh but whatever. I I I'm sorry. How do you if the knock on Trey Lance is that he's a project that just needs time to play, why would you trade him for a bigger project? You have it on. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, I, I, I don't even know. I don't know. Brian, a shout out to Brian Carter. If you haven't checked out his podcast, it's great, man. Uh, Brian Carter, 99, just does a great job. Film guy uh, helps us out with our draft content. He says, did you hear me write about the quarterbacks? Yeah, it's 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 funny, man. And, you know, I don't want to go that way. I don't want to go that way. Um, but yeah, it's what it is. Uh it might have been April Fool's joke. I don't know. But we'll see. I, I do like Darnold. And I will say this. His traits are elite. Arm strength, great. Body, mobility. Like, the dude is built like you want a quarterback. He really, really is. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. And his best plays have been against the Niners. So as a quarterback three, I love it. And if he goes out there and whips Trey in training camp and takes the job, then, hey, you know what? Congrats to him. We roll with him until Brock comes back. Great. If he plays great enough that even when Brock comes back, you're going to stay with him. Great. Whoever the quarterback is, the 49ers. Great. Because now there's a competition. It's a meritocracy. Somebody got to earn this damn thing. And people have said Brock's earned it. Cool. That's awesome. But you got these other two guys fighting it out. Um, I still have a lot of hope for Trey Lance. And yes, why would you trade Trey Lance with Brock Hurt and all the uncertainty? I don't understand that, especially when you have him under contract for two more years. So if you're dead set on trading Trey Lance next year, guess what? Still going to be there with whatever it is. He'll be 23 next year, still locked up with one more year on uh, his day. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, this has been fun. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. we got an hour show in. Um, we'll continue through. If you guys do have questions, comments, concerns, reach out to me. 
49ers Rush Podcast at gmail.com, Twitter at JL underscore Chapman, 49ers Rush Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, all those things. If you message us on any of those things, trust me, uh, we'll find a way and get it to, uh, to you on here. Now, the best way is Patreon. Uh, remember, we are going through this year. We're doing our 1994 um, watch parties. We'll be doing that again this Wednesday at 5.30. We're on week six. We uh, Last week, if you missed it, and you're a Patreon supporter, I lo- we recorded it and loaded it. So you can go watch our reactions and the conversation in the game and all that stuff. Listen to John Madden, Pat Summerall. Oh, man, so cool. Um, it, last week was the game Steve Young got benched. So I'm so pumped this week to see how they respond and how they go. Uh, speaking of which, William Floyd went off late in that game in trash time, and now it's the time, baby, bar none. William Floyd, baby, moving forward his rookie year. So really, really excited about that too. So thank you guys. Appreciate y'all. Man, this is – I'm very lucky and thankful. And just want to say shout-out to our executive producers. They are the best of the business. Timothy, David, Philip, Kilton Niner, 49ers, George, 365. They make it all happen. And until next time, stay strong, faithful. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.